third two out. Here's an 0-1 to Simeon. In the air to left center field. Gurriel's back. It is gone! Texas on the verge! Got a goal. They had a man advantage here. Got a goal. Tavis now turns it into a two-on-one with Terry. Mason McTavish to Terry. Score! Patrick overtime! In their 63rd season. It's happened! The Texas Rangers win the World Series! Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. Here we go. Good morning to you. Uh, Soul 42 for November the 2nd. Uh, another solid day in the City of Champions. Minus one up to a high, a plus five tomorrow. And as you heard in that fabulous uh, intro slapped together by our uh, ace producer, Brandon Douglas, the Duke of Delburn, the Texas Rangers, our world champions for the first time in franchise history. The lowest seed to ever win. Uh, a World Series title after they changed the format to the playoffs. And, hey, full marks, well-deserved. Man, oh, man. 11-0 on the road. 11 straight wins on the road. Four of them in Houston against, uh, I mean, a powerhouse Houston team. Uh, 5-0 the final last night. Uh, Nathan Avaldi, he pitched out a jam after jam after jam. A lot of it... uh, I guess self-inflicted a little bit with uh, more walks than he's accustomed to throwing. But, uh, man, he uh, he got out of several jams. He threw, I think, about 45 pitches uh, in the game with runners in scoring position. Like, that's, that's high pressure, high intensity, high leverage. It's tough. And uh, he came out on top. But um, you could also say that maybe the, uh, the old magic pixie dust uh, ran out. Uh, on the Arizona Diamondbacks after a phenomenal season. And how about um, uh, Zach Gallen? Oh, wow. No hitter through six innings. And then that little just, uh, you know, off the knob of the bat in the seventh inning uh, by Corey Seager. Got things rolling in Corey Seager. Uh, the MVP for the second time in his career. Uh, it's only been done four times uh, where a player has won it twice and only by a positional player. Uh, twice, and that uh, is Reggie Jackson and Corey Seager. But full marks for sure for the uh, Texas Rangers to win the World Series, four games to one over the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, we have to uh, shuffle the deck a little bit uh, this morning just because of time, uh, uh, you know, accessibility for our interviews. We're going to hook up with uh, Teresa Walker. Uh, kind of right off the hop here in the next couple of minutes from the Associated Press uh, covering the uh, Tennessee Titans as the uh, Titans hook up with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers tonight on uh, Thursday night football. So we're going to do that, and then we'll get into some uh, other stuff uh, regarding the Oilers and their game tonight with the Dallas Stars. The Stars, uh, man, and just rolling 6-1-1 one, and one after a 4-3 win last night in Calgary. However... The Flames probably deserved a little bit better fate. Uh, had 46 shots on goal. Um, Jake Ottinger was very good. So that probably means you would think that uh, the Oilers will get Scott Wedgwood tonight, another backup. 
uh, the Oilers will face. So uh, we'll see what shakes down tonight at Rogers. But the Oilers coming in with a record of two five and one, but. Off a high, off that big win over Calgary on uh, the Heritage Classic uh, Sunday at Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, Calgary now six uh, losses in a row, man. The Flames really hurting uh, coming up uh, here at the month of uh, November. And what are they going to do? We talked about it uh, yesterday and the day before with a couple of interviews that we had um, one of them, Kristen Shilton, and uh, I mean, you look at all the things that the Flames have uh, as far as UFAs with Noah Hannafin and and Elias Lindholm and Nikita Zadorov, and uh, they got a lot of work uh, to do. That uh, that game last night, the the ball game, you know, it was one nothing basically till the last inning. And when you when you look at the um, the big innings, the big innings that uh, Texas put up. I mean, they put two five spots up in uh, game number four, both with two outs. That won game four for them. Last night, it was iced in uh, the ninth inning with uh, a big four inning, four run inning. So they are full marks for what uh, they accomplished in this World Series. And, you know, uh, one of the comments that I was kind of reading this morning uh, came from Paul Seawald, who is the uh, closer for Arizona, but he was the closer in Seattle. Uh, before the trade. And his clip was, uh, you know, I've said it all year that I thought they were the best team in the American League, uh, said Arizona closer Paul Sewell, who spent most of the season with the Rangers, American League West rival Mariners. When they're at their best, that lineup comes at you, and they did a great job. They are deserving champions. And they did it without Adolis Garcia, really, in the last game in uh, a little bit, but... Uh, that lineup, the way it's constructed, it just, you know, and then they had guys come in, you know, like Travis Jankowski in game four. Hadn't played in two months. It was phenomenal. Um, you know, Evan Carter, his story has been well documented since coming up. So uh, text coming in to one 401 Morning, Kevin. What is your favorite jam? Have you ever had rose hip jam? That's Eden Father Arias. Probably the most uh, positive text he's come in with. Thanks, Eden. Uh, no relation, uh, Father Arias, by the way. Uh, I don't think I've had rose hip jam, but probably just the standard raspberry. Uh, the Duke's on the line uh, trying to get a hold of Teresa Walker from the Associated Press as the Tennessee Titans take on the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers tonight. Thursday night football. As... Uh, you know, it's tough to figure this uh, team out in uh, Pittsburgh. We'll probably get her thoughts on that. Um, Pittsburgh's 4-3, and three, but it's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde team. Uh, Tennessee coming off a massive victory uh, last week when we saw the rookie quarterback Will Levis uh, go off. And I believe we have now Teresa Walker on the line from the Associated Press. Uh, Teresa, welcome to Sports 1440. Good morning. Good morning. Are we ready for some Thursday night football? And uh, I'll just say this. It's going to be very – I cannot wait to see what Will Levis does in his first road start coming off of what he did on Sunday, which, I mean, he, here's the thing. The poor kid, you know, he was, he, he, he was hurt in the preseason, so we didn't get to see that much of him. And it's almost like he's been out of sight, out of mind, because, you know, during warm-ups, you know, we only get to watch individuals once the season starts. And, you know, guy throwing a ball, he's third behind Malik Willis and Ryan Tannehill, and then he goes out and does something in his debut that only 
Fran Tarkenton did in 1961. And, oh, yeah, Marcus Mariota for this same franchise back in 2015. I'm looking forward to tonight. Well, Teresa, your first line of your last article says exactly like this. Rookie quarterback Will Levis turned in an NFL debut for the ages. Can he do it again? That's the question. Now, DeAndre Hopkins was added to the injury list yesterday as as questionable. Uh, There's reports that he's going to play. I I didn't doubt that he would play because he has made it very clear that he is the kind of guy that, you know, if he can go, he's going to go. And, uh, you know, and and what he did. I mean, we think of DeAndre Hopkins, three-time All-Pro. He's done so many things in his career. And yet this was just his second three-touchdown game. I mean, it, it's kind of wild to, to think about that because he's—I he, mean—he's somebody that you just presume has been putting up these kind of games all along. And you get Traylon Burks; this will be his second game back, so hopefully he, he can start working some of the rust off of him. And now the challenge is going to be Pittsburgh's getting back Cam Hayward along with T.J. Watt, and mm-hmm. that very, that very, very good defense gets another big piece. But uh, let's just put it this way. Uh, Mike Vrabel was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Mm-hmm. Back in 1997. So, anyone, you know, he was cranking Renegade at the one <laughs> practice, you know, on they had Tuesday. And, uh, you know, he knows that song well. So, he, he's got them prepared. And, and Will Levis told us, even not knowing if he'd play, not expecting to play, he's had tonight circled on his calendar. Why? It's prime time. It's a mm-hmm. quick turnaround. It's tough. But... These guys like playing under the lights because they know, especially with the World Series ending last night with the Texas Rangers winning, people are going to be paying attention, and they like to show out. Teresa Walker from the Associated Press is our guest on Sports 1440. Um, How much of a calming factor was DeAndra Hopkins, do you think, for Will Levis in that first game? Massive. And and Hopkins said after the game that they had not practiced much together because of the fact that, uh, I mean, well, you know, Will Levis is the number three. DeAndre Hopkins is a you know starter, and you know during the regular season, and he was hurt. You know, Will Levis was for a couple weeks in the preseason, so he didn't even get to play the final two preseason games. So they didn't have much work together. But DeAndre Hopkins is a pro. He showed that on his first catch, where he kind of literally turned the defensive player around. Probably got away with an offensive pass interference there, but uh, you know he, he can run. And he can, and when he's open, you know, and that's the thing we had, we we thought this offense could get receivers moving, and so that uh, the quarterback can find them. The problem was uh, the the line was not giving Ryan Tannehill enough protection to find those guys. And let's just put it this way: the first three touchdowns that DeAndre Hopkins had came from Will Levis on the other night. So uh, I think that you know he gave a huge boost not just to to Hopkins in the offense. But to see some of the NFL films coming from the sidelines and the reactions, I mean, I'd seen a picture of uh, Ryan Tannehill, you know, just enjoying the moment and kind of cheering on and talking to the uh, Levis on the sidelines. But then you add the defense. When a guy can do the kind of things that Will Levis did on on Sunday, it it, it Mm -hmm. brings back belief. And, And honestly, that's something that the Titans desperately needed at this point of the season when they were, you know, I mean, think about it. They'd lost on Sunday. They're two and five, and they were probably going to be uh, selling off some big pieces Tuesday at the trade deadline. Instead, they stood pat, mm-hmm. and they're going to see what they've got now. We've got Tennessee Titans beat reporter Teresa Walker from the Associated Press on Sports 1440. 
Do you think Derrick Henry, uh, compared to seasons past, because of uh, Ty J. Spears, is a whole lot fresher at this point of the season? Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. He, he, the three 100-yard games that he's had this season, he's had those on fewer carries. Uh, than he's had in previous seasons. So, and, and that's what the, the threat of a true pass game does for, for him. You can't load the box as much as, you know, as he's been facing stacked boxes probably more than anybody in the NFL. Now he's got that, and he's got Spears, who is, you know, having some really great production himself and turning into quite the threat out of Tulane. So that gives them options. And when you've got a rested Derrick Henry going into the uh, fourth quarter, that's when they can put games away, and that's what makes them even more dangerous. Just wondering, uh, Teresa, what you thought of the uh, the game in Tottenham against Baltimore. Well, I, I tell you, it's one of those things that uh, they were a, a one-score game away, mm-hmm. even with the injury to Ryan and Tannehill. And what that game told me is that the – now, granted, Malik Willis went into a tough situation, a team that knew they had to kind of throw to trying to come back, you know, a little bit behind the eight ball, so to speak. But, you know, the one thing Mike Vrabel talked about this offseason, wanting to see growth out of Malik Willis was knowing down distance game situation. And when they were down near the goal line, instead of running running toward the goal, he was running east-west. And I I think that's what made it even easier during the off week to, you know, they had two weeks. They had the bye week. They had the the game week Mm -hmm. to get Will Levis ready for his first start, I think that's why they were, it was easier to pull the trigger in that situation because they had seen what Willis did in London. And the injury to Ryan Tannehill, he's a great guy, he's, you know, but, but the fact of the matter is Will Levis had more touchdown passes in one game than Ryan Tannehill had in his first six starts. Now, granted, he was knocked out of that start in London, but you know, sometimes injuries, if it, you know, depending on who steps up and takes the next opportunity, can be a blessing in disguise. That's what this feels like for the Tennessee Titans. Teresa Walker from the AP uh, covering the Titans uh, on Sports 1440, the Kevin Carey Show, 714 in the morning. Um, how do you figure this Pittsburgh Steelers team out? Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, by the way, uh, will not play tonight. Uh, it's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde team. So how does Mike Vrabel prepare for the Steelers tonight? Well, it, 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 I mean, that's the thing. Uh, Kenny Pickett's going to play. He's got sore ribs, was knocked out of his last game. So, you know, you've got to be thinking that, uh, you know, and let's not forget, the Titans have their own strong defensive front. They're coming off of a six-sack game where they literally knocked Desmond Ritter out of the game for Atlanta on Sunday, uh, and they had five of those sacks in the first half. So, while Pittsburgh's got a strong uh, uh, defense as well with T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward returning, so do the Titans. And Jeffrey Simmons, I, you know, seeing – that win the other night, I think, gives that defense a, a big boost as well. So now they're going to have to deal with some, you know, George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. But if they can, if they can get after uh, Kenny Pickett the way they got after Desmond Ritter early, uh, that might give a chance for for the offense to, to to get some some control. That said, Pittsburgh, I think, has won four straight in this series. Mm-hmm. It's not been pretty. But this isn't Ben Roethlisberger under center for the Steelers. It's Kenny Pickett. And so when it comes to young quarterback on young quarterback, uh, well, let's put it this way. If Will Levis, you know, he was, if he had come out in the 2022 draft, he might have been the number one pick overall. Instead, Hmm. because he played through his final year at Kentucky through an injury that could have put him on the sideline, he chose to try to fight through that. 
uh, I think that the Titans may actually have a little bit of an advantage here. And Mike Rabel, man, he was cranking up the running gate from six on it, it, early in practice mm-hmm. and often on Tuesday. So, and he knows everybody knows what kind of an atmosphere they're walking into up there. Even a rookie like Will Levis, who's never played there before, but he's certainly seen it on TV. And and he played in the SEC for two years, so he's not going to be upset or you know distracted by a, la- a loud home crowd. I think there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on this game tonight. Uh, people are wondering what's going to happen after last week. And, of course, uh, Steelers have a big following up here. I uh, wanted to kind of switch gears with you, Teresa, a, a little bit. Uh, I'm going to have a, an interview with Matthias Ekholm uh, coming up in our second segment that I did yesterday. Uh, you dabbled, of course, uh, maybe your focus has been the Titans for many, many years, but um, also the Predators. And uh, just wondering, with Matthias Ekholm coming to Edmonton last year, um, you know, Every time, every time I talk to someone from Nashville, they go, "Man, we miss that guy. We miss that guy." So I'm just wondering if you can kind of uh, uh, touch on that aspect uh, with Matthias Ekholm, a uh, longtime Nashville Predator. The the Preds and Oilers just played in Nashville uh, last month, and and uh, of course he's kind of turned into a hometown uh, favorite here. Well, let's put it this way. There's not, I don't think there's a single person in the city of Nashville who has something bad to say about Matthias Ekholm. I mean, in addition to being a great defenseman. He is also a great person. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it was not a move that they really wanted to make, but, you know, they're kind of in a situation where they, you know, they didn't have much of a choice. And, you know, so they they, they tried to make the best move for them and for Matias. And you're right. I mean, he is a really, really good defenseman. And, you know, yeah, I don't think the Predators are going to be looking forward to seeing him in that jersey uh, anytime soon because of what the Oilers and the rest of that team do to them when they meet. But, uh, yes, Matias, I mean, what's not to love about a very big, strong uh, defenseman who can just eat minutes and knows how to play the puck well? Uh, Teresa Walker from the AP that mostly covers the Titans, but uh, dabbles in uh, other sports as well. And uh, Teresa, about uh, four years ago, so uh, somewhere in there, you wrote a book on um, P.K. Subban. How did that all come about, and how much fun did you have uh, authoring that uh, that book? Well, a friend of mine who writes books for, this was a children's book, and uh, it came together over the summer, and I was glad I was able to give him a copy before he ended up being traded, you know, going somewhere else, but uh, it was a lot of fun, because he brought, I mean, let's face it, Shea Weber is amazing, and everybody loved him here, but P.K. Subban was a piece of the team that went to the 2017 Stanley Cup Final. Not sure if, you know, and now Shea is dealing with his ankle issue, but you know, PK, I mean, he is a fun guy. He, he, you know, it's nice to see him in TV now that he's mm-hmm. not playing because that, I mean, let's face it, is there anyone who ever talked to PK Subban while he was a player and didn't think he would end up in broadcast or something someday, somehow, some way? I mean, he feels like he's the, uh, the next generation's Don Cherry, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've watched him quite a bit. Do you ever go, hey, you know, th- this is exactly the same kind of guy that I was interviewing and he's kind of portraying himself uh, on the air right now. Yeah, I'm sure you must have thought that many, many times watching him. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he, he he's a pro. And, you know, having started his career in the NHL in Montreal, you know, he was used to all that attention. And, you know, what he does to give back uh, still mm-hmm is, you know, I mean, he's a well-rounded young man, and uh, it's fun to see what he does because, one, he's infectious, 
and you know, he, you know, his smile kind of lights up every room that he goes into, and he's just got enthusiasm pouring out of him. And uh, you know, that's what the game of hockey needs. You know, when you say giving back and all his charities, and uh, I was just, I couldn't believe some people were on him. Uh, it's almost a year ago, I guess. About you know, he wanted to make uh, raise ten million dollars in seven years or whatever it is through COVID. Uh, for the hospital in Montreal, and I think he's at about I don't know six seven million now, and people were on him that he didn't reach his goal. I, I that you must have just made a, you must have gone bananas when you heard that. Well, yes, because it's like hello, he yeah. was trying. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's what matters. Is yeah. he he was doing it and and doing it for children. I mean, how can you not like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so you so you come up short. He certainly was trying. And that's what matters. Yeah, and he's going to continue on for whatever till twenty twenty five. I mean, I, I mean, I think he's not uh, ending it exactly. exactly. He's completely on target. Couldn't believe some people were on him like that. But uh, Teresa, thanks so much for your time. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. It should be should be a doozy. Pittsburgh's always got a great atmosphere. So uh, thanks for doing this uh, and uh, enjoy the game tonight. I can't wait, and and thanks for uh, talking with me. And and yes, as soon as the NFL season ends, I I I am watching the NHL. I'll pay my full attention to it come January. Perfect. Thanks, Teresa. Thank you. That's Teresa Walker from the Associated Press uh, covering tonight's big game: Tennessee Titans at three and four, taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers four and three. And man, yeah, the Steelers—it's sort of a Jekyll and Hyde team. You never know what you're getting with them from week to week. They come up with a big win, and then you know they lose to a team that they probably shouldn't have, like the Houston Texans. Duke, what was that score? Three to six. Well, yeah, the Steelers' uh, offense is about as anemic as any out there in the yeah. league, and their defense is great. Teresa just talked about it, but um, they they need that defense to be almost perfect every game because that offense under Matt Canada has, uh, I think, made he's a lot of Steelers a, fans pull their hair out. He's not a very popular guy, is he? No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> All right, uh, when we come back, uh, we'll have a one-on-one interview with uh, Matthias Ekholm of the Edmonton Oilers on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. And uh, on the subject of uh, taking a chance, um, and it's uh, probably a very well-educated chance, the Buffalo Sabres called up local product uh, Brandon Biro for a game. And uh, BB, I assume no relation, um, sent us in a a little text this morning. Uh, Morning, gents. Congratulations to local product Brandon Biro, who scored his first two NHL goals in only his second game last night for the Sabres in a win against the Flyers. The fun fact, the first one was on Carter Hart, a former Sherwood Park King, uh, as is Brandon Biro. Brandon Biro went on to play for the Spruce Grove Saints Two seasons for the Saints and then off to Pennsylvania. Uh, was called up by the Sabres last year. Played one game. Uh, actually, two years ago, sorry. But wow, what a thrill. Can you imagine that? Your second NHL game, you pot a pair. Your team beats Philly. So congrats to Brandon Byro, And we are efforting to get Brandon Byro on tomorrow's show uh, to talk about his Journey, and uh, man, what a thrill for his uh, second NHL game to score two goals. So uh, congrats to Brandon Byro, the former Spruce Grove Saint. Uh, Time now to uh, elevate your game by Ram Elevators and Lifts. Uh, 
Elevate Your Game is uh, brought to you by Ram Elevators and Lifts, Forbes' best-rated residential elevators manufactured right here in Edmonton. You can uh, visit TrustRam.com for more information. And uh, yesterday, after Oilers practice, I pulled uh, Matthias Ekholm to the side and discussed uh, how things are going in the early part of the season for the big uh, defenseman. Um, Ekholm, of course, missed... uh, all of training camp with a, an injury uh, wasn't uh, as serious as uh, as it could have been probably, and he kind of worked his way through it. And what he's doing right now, he's working his way through it. It takes time. So uh, here's that conversation with Matthias Ekholm yesterday. Matthias, touch on uh, the Heritage Classic, how he enjoyed it, and more importantly, how you shared it with your family on a special evening. Yeah, great, uh, great event. Um, the weather couldn't have been better. Uh, had the chance to have some family in town uh, for them to come to the game. And it's nice when it's 5 o'clock and not 8 o'clock. Obviously, I could have my kids there, and uh, they came for two periods. So, no, overall, just a great event. Uh, obviously, helps when you get a win and you play well and you feel like you can um, feel good about yourself again. And, and I thought we played really well as a team. So, that's uh, it was overall a really good night. Who did you have? for family here and what did they think about the event um i had my mom my sister her boyfriend and then my wife's sister and boyfriend and then we had some neighbors coming to the game so um they all loved it it was great um obviously the weather held up nice for them too so they didn't have to freeze too much but uh no they, they've all said positive things about it so it, it was great so you had a full house uh something like that yeah uh, so Heritage Classic and then something like a, a Halloween party where everyone can kind of enjoy. Do you look at events like that that can maybe be a tipping point to turn things around here? Yeah, definitely. I hope so. I think it's it's a long year. And, I mean, you look at this month we got ahead of us. It's it's almost like you can't even sneak a day off in there because there's so many games and you're just playing every other night. So to be able to have this break going into it was kind of nice just to get away from it a little bit, get a good win, get away, um, have a nice Halloween party and celebrate Halloween with the kids yesterday so I uh, feel kind of refreshed and a little bit renew- rejuvenated so uh, looking forward to getting back to the grind here but um, it was nice to have those days off. What was it like Halloween with the kids in that experience? It was awesome they love it it's so cool um, Halloween wasn't big at all when when I grew up in Sweden so for for me to have it now it's climbed up the ladder of favorite holidays actually it's it's great to spend with the kids. How did the kids embrace it? Oh they loved it it was my son has his three or four best friends, they were just running sprints between houses trying to collect as much candy as they could. So uh, we're just going to try to keep the eating part of it down a little bit so they don't. <laughs> he would he would not do well if he ate it all in once. So we're trying to spread it out a little bit. But, yeah, no, it's, they, they absolutely love the getting dressed and they love the whole candy thing. So our whole neighborhood really uh, showed up, too. I thought it was awesome. Uh, as you said, back to business here, get back into a little bit of a, a rhythm. Are you aware of, like, you know, the other teams ahead? in the division you you know look at LA is doing going well uh, Vegas obviously going well uh, Canucks are going well so uh, just touch on how you guys are looking at trying to get back in in the race here yeah I mean it's it's so early still I don't think it's healthy to start looking at a standing yet I think it's more about us worrying about what we're doing uh, trying to get back on track to play a game where, where we enjoy um, the way we're playing and, and, and like our effort so I think that's more the focus than actually the standings at this point but uh, obviously we know I'm not 
not seeing that other teams are doing well, but I don't pay too much attention to it. How do you feel personally after, you know, missing camp and getting back into the swing of things at the start of the regular season? How are you feeling kind of moving forward to get into a little bit of a rhythm yourself? Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been tough to come back. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It's it's what it is when you get hurt. And, and it's one of those things where it's, it's almost easy when you break a bone. That wasn't the, the case here because then you can just look at the next year. Okay, the bone has healed. Here we go. Um, with these muscle things, it just tends to take a longer time. But um, getting more and more reps in, and I feel like it's trending in the right direction all the time, and I can play through it. So in that regard, it, it feels better and better every day. But, I mean, these two days we've had two practices. It's probably the first practices I've had that has been, like, really high pace, uh, upbeat, you know. So I, I think those two will do good for me and, and hopefully just keep working here. And what do the Dallas Stars uh, come at you as an opponent uh, in what should be a real tough matchup? Yeah, they're a good team. Uh, I mean, they showed it last year, and they went, uh, obviously, to the conference finals. But um, good goaltender. The defense is really solid with, with Haskinen and those guys. And then they have some, some really good forwards up front. So, I mean, it's a f- complete team, and uh, we're going to have to make sure we bring the same effort we did in the outdoor game. Thanks, Matthias. Thank you. That's Oilers defenseman Matthias Ekholm in conversation yesterday. And you can see Ekholm's game coming along. There's no question about that. Um, he said it. I mean, it's tough. You know, you're getting back into the swing of things. But if you look at his game against Calgary, um, more composed, more um, economical. Uh, probably the same thing against the New York Rangers, too. Um, their last game uh, before the uh, Heritage Classic. So, Matthias Ekholm, you can see things uh, moving in the right direction. And, you know, once he gets his game back to where it was Last year, um, when he came here, uh, man, that's a big, big deal. Uh, text coming in to one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty from Mike McCauley. Hi guys, we are in an Ekholm family. Last year against the Kings, my two boys sported beards at the boards during warmups, and he made a point to give the glass a tap for them. Great memory for them. It is so amazing to see a player and his family fully embrace Edmonton and you can kind of hear that when he was talking about you know the Heritage Classic and Halloween and the kids making friends and you know kids going to the game and and enjoying um, life in Edmonton Uh, that's kind of been well documented so uh, when we come back we might have a little more audio regarding uh, Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft and um, we will also have uh, at the top of the hour Ladislav Schmid will be our uh, our guest host, uh, every co-host as he comes in every Thursday from uh, 8 to 10. Uh, Mark Spector on the mark for Booster Juice. Frank Saravalli uh, will join us at 8.20. And then looking forward at 9 o'clock, Ken Lacusta will guest with us in stadium. The former Canadian heavyweight champ. Man, now there, there's a guy that has a resume. I mean, he has fought some of the big guys. Wow. Uh, George Foreman, that was here at uh, Northlands in 1990. Tommy Morrison uh, sparred with Mike Tyson in the late 80s. Um, interesting. It's going to be great to have uh, Ken Lacusta and talk about... Uh, you know, his journey, and now he's he's been doing training and managing. So uh, we'll uh, have Ken in studio at 9 o'clock. At 10 o'clock, Owen Newkirk, Dallas Stars pre- and post-game on KTCK. Uh, will guest with us after the Stars win in Calgary last night. And, of course, Dallas here 
tonight. And then Scott Edwards, uh, University of Alberta Pandas basketball head coach, as the Pandas uh, get set to uh, tip off their season against Saskatchewan. Is the, the, I think the whole school of Saskatchewan is here this weekend, Duke. What well, do we got? It's, it's a U of Four? A, U of S weekend between Four teams, uh, Bears right? football, the Pandas <laughs> hockey team is in, in Saskatchewan, in, uh, Reg- or in the um, in Saskatoon, yeah. pardon me. The men's Huskies team is here, and then both basketball teams are here. I think the volleyball teams might be playing somebody else, uh, but that is, I think, about it. You know, that's a lot of teams and staff rolling into town. It's good to get that U of S money here in the capital region, isn't it? Economic yeah. boom yeah. for the city. You know, love it when Saskatchewan boys bring the cash over for sure. Uh, when we come back. 45 years ago today, 45 years, Duke, I remember it well. It was a big day in Edmonton Oiler history. We'll tell you what it was when we come back on Sports 1440 right after the break. All right, welcome back to the big program. Yeah, you know what time it is. The Duke blasts in with some B.A. 7.42. It's actually a couple minutes uh, early. The Duke usually rips this off at 7.45, but, you know, we had the interview off the top with... Teresa Walker, so it's a little different. Uh, Let's pose this to our listeners. What's the biggest or what is one of the biggest days in Edmonton Oilers franchise history? What do you think? Uh, You could call it positive, negative, whatever you want. The Connor McDavid uh, draft ball lottery day. But today, 45 years ago, you could argue was the biggest or one of the biggest days in Edmonton Oilers history. Today, November 2nd, 1978, the Oilers acquired Wayne Gretzky, Peter Driscoll, and Eddie Mio uh, from the Indianapolis Racers for $825,000. It was back then, I mean, it was basically a poker game with players between owners. Uh, this was with uh, Nelson Scalbania and, of course, Peter Pocklington, uh, still back in the World Hockey Association. And Wayne Gretzky became an Edmonton Oiler and catapulted this city uh, to the world stage. It's that simple. Um, yeah, there were a lot of uh, players that uh, helped along the way, but Wayne Gretzky put this city on the map uh, Acquired today, and some people say that it was maybe a little bit less than the eight and a quarter. Uh, I'm just going to wait for Jim Matheson to get out of the rack, and maybe we'll uh, call Maddie and get him on at about 9:40. We got some time, Maddie. I think you possibly could be listening this morning, so uh, maybe be ready to roll. Uh, Jim Matheson would be, I guess, probably the last person in media i guess that would have been working back then i can't think of anyone else that's still working of course terry jones was working back then and and things like that speck was just getting onto the scene we'll talk to speck at the top of the hour but uh pocklington said that you know nelson scalbania needed the money because of what was going on in indianapolis i mean he's losing money so that's what happened today 45 years ago uh wayne gretzky went on to become well, the greatest of all time. And then that year, 
uh, won the WHL scoring title, I think, or he, I can't remember if he won the title. I'm not sure. I have to check on that. But he was the rookie of the year. Know that. Had 104 points. So uh, what a day. Uh, what a day it was 45 years ago. Hmm. Uh, text coming in to uh, 1-833-401-1440. I just saw this one from the King of Fort Nasty Duke. He's on you. He's on you. The World Series championship win was about as climatic as the time the Duke took first place in the mutton busting at the Delburn Rodeo when he was 14 years old. I thought you guys were on good terms, you and the King. I think we are. This is a... A compliment to me saying it was, uh, you know, no contest uh, at 14 years old. <laughs> really, really, in it? it, it not at 14 oh. years old, obviously, but I certainly <laughs> what, did 18, the mutton busting <laughs> back when I was uh, a wee lad. Uh, had the sheep uh, actually roll over right on really? top of there. There was a picture of it up on the wall in the Delburn Arena for a long time. Uh, as I think it was the first version of the Delburn Indoor Rodeo, I think. <laughs> so it was like a kind of little almost collage type thing under glass for it and uh yeah it's it's a memory i wow. remember very fondly better than some of my other memories in the rodeo ring involving uh doing wild cow milking and things like that <laughs> that took a little bit more of a physical toll on my body when i was an adult but uh yeah 14 years old maybe not so much but yeah the the king of fort just saying that uh i'm maybe. a menace in the rodeo ring i can't be stopped just a friendly chirp, he says, LOL. Oh, of course, Just a, a friendly g- chirp. And you're going to the rodeo tomorrow in Red Deer, aren't you? I am. CFR, Red Deer AB. Last time it'll be in uh, it the uh, NMAX or P- PB Mart mm-hmm. Centrum now, I should say, for at least the foreseeable future at the news earlier this fall. Yeah, that uh, coming, coming back to Edmonton, which is exciting, but go down with some of the boys and a few friends from back home and, uh, you know, check out the rodeo. I'm sure we might dip on over to the cabaret after the fact and see what's going on there. Check out the live music, of course, and then uh, get home and have a full Mm -hmm. night's sleep. A full night's sleep. Yes, Duke. That's what you need more than anything. Today, yeah, text coming in 1-403-1401-1440, Big day in Oilers history. Obviously, the McDavid... uh, uh, bingo ball and the draft, uh, big day. Oilers winning the first Stanley Cup, any Stanley Cup uh, for sure. Uh, Oilers in action tonight with the uh, Dallas Stars. Yesterday, Jay Woodcroft uh, held court outside of the uh, Oilers dressing room. Uh, preparation goes on for tonight's game and a little bit of a different part of the schedule for the Oilers after the Heritage Classic. And that uh, topic of conversation was broached yesterday. Here's the coach. What about the affordability, Jay, to have two days of practice, as you touched on, yeah. with the games and you know, all the same things like that? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, it's good. Um, you know, we're constantly working at our game, tweaking little parts of our game. And um, to be able to do that and have some practices, I, I think that's positive, especially early in a season. Because, you know, you get into the dog days of, January and February it's about keeping people healthy and just keeping your motor running this is when you can actually work at your game and our fellas put in two good practices yesterday we got up and down the rink for a long time today was a little bit more tactical and and reinforcing some things we did well on Sunday Um, but as I said we have a a, one of the Western Conference's top teams coming into our building so we better be ready we had two good practices but we got to show it come game time. 
time. Yeah. Still doing it. So pushing yeah. Um, one of my favorite players that I've been around, and I've, I've been fortunate to be part of three really good franchises uh, and see all sorts of different types of players. But when I look at Pavelski, he's somebody that obviously um, got the most out of what he was given in a raw materials package. Uh, he's not the biggest man in the world. He's not the smoothest skater in the world. Uh, he's not the strongest guy in the world. But he finds a way to use the space between his ears uh, to get to spots, uh, to play the game uh, at his fastest pace. Um, you know, as I said, in terms of someone who is coachable, someone who is open, someone who is willing to um, take a step to improve each day. Uh, he's a fantastic uh, role model in San Jose when I was there. And obviously, you know, he's kept his career going here for a number of years. So happy for him. Uh, but, uh, you know, that line that he plays on represents quite the challenge. And that's what our focus is going to be heading into tomorrow night. Good. Sam, thanks. Sam, you got a question. Let's hear it. Uh, who will be starting in net? Who's going to be starting in net? I see how everybody works Come here. On, Sam, Come I'm going to sleep on it. I'm going to use the time that's available to me. I'm going to sleep on it and. We'll decide that He's tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> good question, though, Sam. You can ask another one if you have any. You don't have any more. Okay, good job on the mic today. Uh, that, that was a lot of fun yesterday. So that was uh, Sam Parker. Uh, he was the son, he is the son of uh, Dave Parker, a longtime cameraman at TSN. So he was kind of holding the mic in there for uh, Ryan Rashog yesterday from TSN. So. Maybe, you know, I, it was bring your kid to work day or whatever. But, uh, you know, Dave Parker's been around the rink, you know, longer than anyone as far as a camera guy goes. So uh, that was a, a, an enjoyable uh, moment to, to, to kind of see the reaction and, you know, to get him coached in on the question. Because if you've been down at the rink, you know... Jay holds his cards quite tight to the vest as far as uh, what's going on in net and who's going to start and things like that. So um, just to have a little perspective and, you know, have some fun because, you know, and we're still early yet, so I, it hasn't got to that stage yet. But if you if you go down to the rink and you're, you are in those scrums and spec will attest to it, it can get, you know, it's a long season. You know, you get into January and February – the players, the coaches are getting tired of answering questions. And a lot of, for the most part, the media gets tired of asking uh, the questions because, you know, it's a, it's the same thing. It's uh, it's like Groundhog Day. And then when the team's going poorly, that makes it even a lot tougher, maybe not so uh, on the media as much, but on the on the team because it, uh, maybe both, because it wears it wears on you. And it's, uh, it's a situation where you just kind of want to get through it. But you can have, just add some, you know, a little bit of humor, uh, some brevity to the situation where you have a, just a, a young guy like Sam yesterday to kind of get on the, on the mix. It was lots of fun for sure. Um, so top of the hour, we will have Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet uh, discussing uh, several things, um, including Spec had a, you know, and Spec says it probably as well as anyone. He gets it from, he asks the hard questions. He He's one of those guys that's down there every day. He is out there front and center taking the bullets every day. And then what happened yesterday in Ottawa, Spec summed it up perfectly in 
whatever it is, 30 words or less on the old Twitter or X or whatever it is. Uh, we'll kind of discuss that with Spec uh, at 8 o'clock. Then at 8.20, Frank Saravalli from the Daily Faceoff, our headliner of the day. Uh, looking forward to have Ken Lacusta in studio at 9 o'clock with our co-host from 8 to 10, Ladislav Schmid, Owen Newkirk from the Dallas Stars pre- and post-game on KTCK. We'll guest with us at 10. And then Scott Edwards from the Pandas basketball uh, squad as the Pandas open the season against Saskatchewan uh, this weekend will uh, be with us at 10.20. Uh, first up, before the top of the hour, a sports 1440 update. And it's brought to you by... First round, wear an NFL jersey tonight to the West Edmonton Mall location and get 50% off wings. Here is the Duke.